Hey, everyone. Thanks for joining us. My name is Christina Thompson. I am the chair of your SPSC committee, and I'm joined here with Captain Bernie Lewell and Captain Chris Thal. Unfortunately, Desmond Jordan could not be with us today, so I'm going to be hosting this episode of our PIREP podcast. So, Bernie, I'm going to uh, go to you first. Can you let me know what's going on in your world? Uh, sure. Why don't I give a State of the Union uh, update on the GOATs, how they've been going over the last week, Monday to Wednesday. Uh, Tracy and Andrew Hamber were both at the table with the company. This was the first week that we actually had the conciliators uh, in the uh, in the room with us. And those conciliators, if you remember, are uh, Bobby Orr and uh, Barney Dobin. Uh, so they're there basically to facilitate the meetings to try to get the two groups uh, a little closer than uh, they would otherwise be. I should mention that Joel uh, Laudenschlager this week was down in uh, Vallo, uh, Washington, at Alpa headquarters. He was down there for negotiations round table where uh, they discuss different uh, negotiation tactics and what's going on in the, in the industry, what's the standard practice, and uh, and how we can apply that up here. Uh, so they did go over a couple TAs uh, this week that they did finalize and pass, and uh, the two that they finalized with the company was new equipment and arbitration. So now that brings us up to, I believe it's 16 TAs that have officially been passed, and that is out of the uh, 36 that are in our current agreement. Um, now, just to remind everyone, the three things that we are really uh, striving for in this agreement, uh, number one, scope, otherwise known as job protection. We believe that uh, WestJet planes flown under the WestJet group of companies should be flown by WestJet pilots under the WestJet wages and working conditions. Uh, the second one is increased pay. We all know what's happened south of the border. We need to see some of that up north of the border. So we're looking for significant pay increases. And uh, thirdly, better scheduling. All of us. We're away from home for over half the month. It's important, I think, that we make gains in that area to make uh, make our, our work-life balance a little bit easier on our families. Well said, Bernie. I think you touched on the main three points. Uh, and you know what? In hindsight, it is nice to see our executives with an ambitious growth plan. They want to grow the airline over the next few years across the country, right? And unfortunately, the pilots are in a position right now where I'm not too sure if we're going to be able to grow with the company. It's like our executive team wants to take a seed and put it in the ground, but they don't want to give it water. They don't want to give it any sun, and they still expect it to grow. And I think we're going to end up in a very problematic situation. Yeah, that's a great point, uh, and Chris. And you know what? Our current proposal specifically addresses the three topics that I just talked about. And 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 you're right. They're, they're just turning around and saying, to your analogy, we're not giving you the sun. We're not giving you the water for it to grow. Sadly, that's the company's response. And it continues to be one of the tired talking points that, uh, that we've been, that we've grown used to over the last, well, I've been here 18 years, over the last 18 years. Absolutely. And, you know, hearing comments from our CEO recently saying that he would rather fly a few less airplanes and remain competitive. I mean, what does that mean? Right. Everybody sits around and we listen to something like the recent WestJet Live and we're all wondering, what does a few less airplanes mean? And we have a competitor who has a 10 year old stale contract, that being Air Canada. And for some reason, maybe we have to assume because there isn't more color to it that our CEO wants to pay us less than Air Canada. And that's, again, a 10-year stale contract, Bernie. 
That's an excellent point again. And you know what? This corporation, it continues to want to construe our ass as being excessive, unreasonable, or putting the company at risk of survival. And that's just not the case. You know, we're all we're asking for is a competitive contract that will keep us up to our North American peers. Absolutely. I can't agree more. Okay, thank you, Chris. But let me ask you this. Now, you two are both talking about our contract in comparison to Air Canada's contract. But am I not wrong that we all agree that all Canadian pilots have contracts that are quite far behind everywhere else in North America? Yeah, I think you're correct. I think Canadians in general, we are much further behind than, you know, our American counterparts. And we should ask ourselves why, you know, especially at Little Airline WestJet at this time, we're wondering, you know, do we really compare to Air Canada? And if you ask Air Canada, what are they going to say? Are they going to say we compare to WestJet or are they going to look south the border and say, no, wait, we actually compare to Delta because we're an international airline. And I would argue that WestJet is as well. And I think that we all want to be. And in fact, our contracts don't compare to their contracts at all. So is this what we're fighting for? It's a big part of it, I think, Christina. You know, that's where the significant wages increases come come about that we talked about, referenced earlier. We do need significant wage increases to narrow that gap between us and our North American peers down south of the border. And hopefully our CEO soon will understand that if he can't provide us a contract like this, we're just going to keep losing pilots. And I think we all know you cannot run a successful airline if you do not have pilots that are willing to work for you. You're correct. And, and you know what? The pilots right now, we are the assets. And that is the leverage that we have in bargaining right now. The unity is very important, but the asset of growing the air, of the airline, uh, it, it does lie with us. And I think that the attraction right now, especially with this contract, I mean, all eyes in Canada and North America are on WestJet right now because we are the ones going to bat. We are up next. And what we get will trigger what Air Canada could get next. And, you know, this obviously will, uh, especially with Air Canada coming towards Alpa, uh, this will trigger the official start of what we can see as pattern bargaining in Canada to break through that artificial, I'm using my fingers here, the quotations, artificial glass ceiling in Canada. We need to bust through that and get and get aligned with our American counterparts. And you know what? I will bring up as well that we have to add two rounds of uh, scientific polling, and they've both clearly given us the mandate that our pilots believe they're worth every bit as much as their North American peers as well. Absolutely. Good. And it seems like the pattern for many years has been a consistent race to the bottom in this country. And now we can finally change that and our pilots finally understand what their value is and what we are worth. Yeah, you know what? The underlying message is that the company right now enjoys a competitive advantage over our peers, but it's on the backs of our pilots. And that is not something that we want to continue. Absolutely. I would certainly have more confidence working here, walking through a terminal or whether it's in the States or Canada, knowing that we're finding revenue streams that are in addition to rather than cost cutting of such as pilot wages, CSA wages, flight attendant wages. I mean, these are all key players when it comes to the success of the company. And it seems like that's where they want to save the cost. And I don't think that's the right way to run the business. So it's time that we bring this contract up to date with the 2023 standard contract and one that also remains competitive going forward. And I got to reiterate here that our contract goals and the company's growth goals, they're not mutually exclusive. There's a great deal of value that the company can get uh, out of having an engaged pilot group that feels valued. And I think that nobody in this union leadership group would be okay with just window dressing our existing contract. We need a new contract from start to finish that recognizes the value and the contributions of of the pilots for this company. 
I agree, Christina, and we see that a lot, I think, even in the uh, year one to four, I'll say, pay steps of new pilots at WestJet, if they make it that far, right? Currently, uh, we are a training ground for a lot of other airlines. We're giving people type ratings, and they're going elsewhere to where there's accelerated courses or whatever it may be, and the investment that our company has made in finding a specific pilot with a skill set, they come, and then they really realize what it's like to work here, and then unfortunately, they leave to somewhere like Air Canada, who has... Uh, a very positive career progression uh, that is available to them by simply applying online. And this goes back, I think, to what Bernie said earlier about mutual exclusivity. It's It doesn't benefit the company at all to have new, young, experienced pilots come and get trained, spend all that money, and then have them turn around and leave for something that they think is better for the rest of their careers. So Bernie, during the latest WestJet Live, Alexis stated that there's a pilot shortage across the entire planet. What would you say to that? There is no pilot shortage right now. Uh, What there is at WestJet is a compensation shortage. And to top that off, there is an issue with a career progression here. Pilots come to WestJet. They don't know if they're going to be upgrading at Swoop, WestJet, or now Sunwing. There is no consistency as to where their career is going to go at WestJet. That's a big issue. Exactly. And I think that that's part of the confusion, right? Is is that's exactly what it is. Someone applies to the WestJet group of companies. And where does the career end up? I, I mean, I personally just finished my upgrade. It was uh, 10 years, Bernie. You know, how do you attract someone right now, even with compensation, when you have upgrade times that are 10 years? I mean, I'm sure it's possible. But the other career paths that are available to these experienced pilots that have time, I mean, we can look as local as Manitoba. There's King Air operators paying $150,000 a year for a King Air captain. And that's who we're trying to attract to our airline and pay them likely a third. The pilots are definitely out there. We just got to make it an attractive option for them to come to WestJet. So, Bernie, to circle back to the original comment about Alexis having this excuse, we'll call it, for a pilot shortage across the planet, like, is that insulating just himself? Or how, what do you think he's doing there when he tells the entire company something like this? Yeah, I'm not sure, Chris. Really, is it is it just designed to cover his inadequacies and in that he, as a, the CEO, cannot actually fill the ground schools that we need to to fill to operate this com- company to the de- degree we need it to be run at. Totally agree. You know, it, it's, it is kind of comical to watch sometimes where, you know, there's an excuse on one hand, but he's got this great ambitious growth plan. And, and which one is it? Like we said before, is it a growth scam? I don't know. But it sure seems like he's protecting himself and taking care of himself while scrutinizing us for trying to do the exact same thing, taking care of ourselves and our families. And for some reason, he's painting us to be in the wrong here. And at some point, he has to realize that to grow this company, he needs to engage the pilot group and give us a solid contract that we can go into the future with. Absolutely. You can't, you can't run an airline without pilots. That's bottom line. And you know what? It's not unusual for executives and the management types to protect themselves with job protections or golden parachutes, as we call them, that protect them in mergers or acquisitions from being replaced. So if it's good enough for them, why isn't it good enough for us? Scope is absolutely no different. I think it's arrogant to take care of yourself, but to tell others that they have no right to do the same. Yeah, this isn't outside the box stuff. It's inside the box at other airlines. And I think we all can agree that a content and satisfied pilot group is going to contribute to the future success of any airline. 
I personally am very thankful to have this time with both of you here and now so that we can record this podcast. But uh, I think it's understandable that everybody that's volunteering for this union is very busy, especially you two. Uh, Chris, you just upgraded, for example. Bernie, you have been traveling with me and attending numerous family awareness events, pub events, uh, meeting the membership. What, what else has been on your schedule lately? For the last few weeks, Christine, as you know, I, you and I have been traveling around quite a bit together, going to, to different unity events and as well, coffee chats. We've started that up. We think the, all these, all these uh, events are very important to, to do the outreach to the pilots. Uh, uh, the last week, um, I was involved with the Canada Board. Canada Board is comprised of the 17 MEC chairs for the properties within Canada. Uh, we had a meeting last week, two-day meeting last week down in Victoria, and uh, we discussed uh, concerns that uh, we have north of the border. The biggest issue, I guess, that we had uh, this, this last week that uh, we had a resolution for was the joining of uh, ACPA with ELPA, and that was approved at our level. Now it goes on to the Air Canada pilots for their approval, and then it will go on to ELPA National for, for uh, the Executive Council and Executive Board approval. Uh, this coming week, I'm going out to Ottawa to uh, meet with the Minister of Transportation. We feel it's very important to meet with both the Minister of Transportation and Human Resources to get their commitment that they will recognize that we are not an essential service and thus we have our constitutional right uh, to go on strike protected as well that we won't be forced back to work down the line. We, we feel that's vitally important that we get the commitment so that the company will uh, will feel the added pressure that it's not going to be a short uh, strike or lockout that will result in a in a uh, return to order work order from from uh, the parliament. I think that's very important for our membership to know, Bernie. Thank you. Will you be back in touch with the membership after you have those meetings? Because I think there are some concerns on the line that we might be deemed an essential service and legislated back to work if we do go on strike. Yeah, I'll keep in touch with the membership, as you know, through Pub Nights and through Fast Reads and, and through a, a future podcast. We'll, we'll keep them up to date with what we found out. Thank you, Bernie. And uh, regarding the Fast Read that came out just a couple days ago, we've now informed all of the pilots that we are in fact going to have the first informational picket regarding the negotiations for CA2 and our current state of affairs. That's going to happen in Calgary on March 31st. Chris, can you can you speak a little bit to how and why we came to the decision to have this picket on this date and location? So, I mean, March 31st, it doesn't signify a specific day. This isn't an anniversary date, honestly. And we realize uh, for the greater pilot group, this is somewhat of a short notice event. However, recognizing the words that our CEO has used recently, saying he'd rather fly a few less airplanes and where we're at in negotiations, we felt it to be very important to get ahead of some of the messaging that the companies offer trying to bus pilot unity, you know, reset expectations. And we feel like an informational picket is a great way to do that. For those of you that were fortunate enough to attend the short notice picket back in, in 2018, uh, essentially we, we lined up at the AGM meeting when we were still a publicly traded company. And uh, we sent some members into that meeting while the rest of us were outside holding signs. And some of those signs were very specific to threats to our careers, much like what we are seeing right now. Uh, that being Swoop and a lot of the routes that we were flying before 
a lot of our vacation routes, a lot of the popular one days that someone in, say, Toronto base uh, would have enjoyed, they've now transitioned to Swoop. And so as we progress through CA2, we're seeing a lot of the same threats with something like the Sunwing merger. And Christina, to, to be very blunt, in the situation we find ourselves in right now, uh, it's not someone else's job to get the contract that you want. It's your job. It's the individual pilot's job. I, I strongly believe that we get the contract that we fight for and that the company is not going to budge unless they feel compelled to. One thing after uh, flying the line quite a bit over the last few weeks here, you know, I've seen a lot of resolve. I've seen a lot of unity between our pilots, a lot of participation, uh, you know, as the guy that's running a lot of the committees within the union, I've seen a lot more uptick in people willing to volunteer, and especially some names that you would honestly never expect to see. And it's extremely encouraging. Uh, the rest of the pilot group who is not volunteering, they're sitting, in, in my opinion, they're holding their breath. And they're waiting to see what CA2 is going to bring them and what it's going to bring their families, what it's going to bring their careers. And I don't think it's fair to ask them to hold their breath for something that we're going to present that will be substandard. Would you agree with that, Brent? Absolutely, Chris. We are not going to bring something substandard back to the pilot group, but we do have a mandate. We're going to bring something to the pilots that they get to vote on this time. There will be no arbitration. And at the same time, there's no tempering of expectations, as you alluded to earlier. We need to bring a ratifiable contract to the pilots. And the longer the company waits, the further they fall behind. Chris, let's talk a little bit about our plans and intentions for the informational picket in Calgary on March 31st. Absolutely. So obviously very exciting times. Uh, many of our pilots have mentioned through the survey polling, whether just flying the line, that this is something they're extremely interested in doing. And I think those that attended our last picket uh, completely understand what this next one's going to bring. So uh, we're happy to to set something like this up on March 31st, as you mentioned, at the Calgary Marriott. We're going to ask everybody to be on time, if not a little bit early, for this specific day. Uh, we're going to be doing a rally. There's going to be some information there. And uh, from that point, we're going to be traveling to an undisclosed uh, location. Whether that's walking or bus, I'm not going to not going to exactly tip you off on exactly what's happening, Christina. Uh, but it is every pilot's duty to show up that day if they are off work. We understand there wasn't notice to bid the specific day off. And yes, that would have been convenient, but always at the same time, the pilots that are at work are at work and there's going to be a percentage of those that cannot attend. So while it's nice to have the luxury to be able to bid for the day off, it's the same amount of pilots off work, Christina. So uh, this is a call and we, we will be getting a little bit more aggressive in our call to come out to participate in this picket. We are expecting a very large number of pilots that day. It doesn't matter if you have a dentist appointment, a haircut, you're getting your nails done. We want everybody out to this picket to stand up for their career and the careers of those that are coming up below them. And Christina, this event is specifically labeled as a unity building event. And when I say unity, uh, a part of that does actually specify what they're going to show up looking like. I mean, the MEC is pictured a long line of pilots shoulder to shoulder wearing their tunics, wearing their WestJet uniform, proud to wear their WestJet uniform. And you will be holding signs. This will be a silent picket. We're not going to be asking anybody to stick their neck out because you're going to be joined by everybody who is available that day to come out and show their support for not only themselves, but their family and their career. And their futures and the entire profession in Canada, as far as I see it. Hey, Christina, you've traveled quite a bit to a lot of pickets, uh, not only across our country, but south of the border. Can you tell us a little bit about what makes one of those successful? 
Uh, definitely. I mean, I've learned a lot from a lot of other Alpa carriers and especially our American colleagues. They are very inspirational in the sense that they understand their own value. And on their days off, if there's a picket that's going to possibly benefit their futures, their contracts, their careers, they will show up. And showing that resolve has brought them contracts that are far superior to what we have ever achieved north of the border. Once again, to everyone out there, it's vitally important that you clear your schedule for March 31st. I need you out on the picket line supporting us, supporting your future. Right, Bernie. And I think it's important as the pace uh, accelerates and we've entered a more mature phase of the negotiation cycle. Now, more than ever, we need to get out there and stick together, show that unity. Um, Christina, you've been involved and as the SPSC chair, uh, I've essentially in the MEC itself has tasked you with setting up numerous events. And, and underneath you, I also want to acknowledge family awareness, which many people don't understand the relationship between family awareness and SPSC. So you do oversee the family awareness, but we do have Heather Charland who takes care of the family awareness events and she's been knocking it out of the park. Can you tell us a little bit about like just, I know there's so many events. I understand that, but I just want to hear your perspective on, on what events are coming up possibly, or in general, what these events mean. Heather's been doing an amazing job. She's been helping so much. The, the family awareness events are specifically meant to include pilots and their families, meaning their spouses, their children. Uh, we have hockey games coming up. There are smaller events at trampoline parks, at axe throwing, at uh, there's a baseball game. There's a Blue Jays game in Toronto that that she's managed to plan for for dozens of pilots and their families and their children. So I think we're going to have probably over 300 guests there that day. That's a lot. Uh, and she's been working with a long list of volunteers. On top of that, we just did the first ever Spouses Only Night in Winnipeg. And uh, Bernie and I attended. We were the only two pilots in the room. And I mean, Bernie, I, I think it was a great success. Would you agree? Absolutely. Yeah, we had 17 spouses there. And uh, you could tell there was a bit of anxiety in the room. They wanted some answers some t to some questions that, the, that they had. And and, uh, and we were able to, I think, uh, calm some of that anxiety. I agree. It's. Uh, um, I think it's important that the spouses are informed about everything that's going on. And we're trying to create this environment where... They feel like they can come out without their pilot spouses and ask questions and have their concerns addressed regarding the situation that we're in, because there's no doubt there is some stress around all of this. So we will be hosting more of these in the weeks to come. Calgary next, uh, then Toronto, and then standby for dates in Vancouver. And it's it's vital that all of our families will be ready. Absolutely, Christina. And and being a Winnipeg pilot, we have, you know, our Winnipeg chat that, that everybody's on and, and the feedback that we got from this spouse night, it was incredible. I mean, you're seeing spouses who have never met before yet. We've worked together as pilots for years and they can finally get together without the pressure and ask questions that maybe they'd be a little bit intimidated to ask even to their own spouse. So again, feedback was fantastic and, and I encourage everybody to send their spouse to one of these nights across one of our bases. We're about to wrap up this episode of the pilot podcast for the day. Any final thoughts before we before we close out for the day? Sure, Christina. I want to acknowledge the uh, just the daily frustrations that we experience uh, as pilots at WestJet. As we know, whether it's you know you're waiting 20 minutes for a gate, your pairing's been extended, it's been canceled, you're on PCM, you're on reserve, whatever it may be. 
especially during contract negotiations, is extremely frustrating. And when you hear someone like our executive team coming at the pilots and trying to bust the unity that we've worked so hard to build over the last four years, I want every pilot to recognize exactly what's going on and to trust their union and let their union speak for them. I just need to remind everyone that despite the frustration we're all feeling right now, our professionalism and an unwavering focus on safety is critical as we move forward together. Bernie and Chris, thank you for all your time today. And for those of you listening, thank you for joining this episode of the Pirate Podcast.